1: To the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher Tim Fitzgerald.
2: Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast three of us today. There'll be three of us quite a bit for this summer, at least. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gills, Gilbert, right here in the GPC studios. I'm hoping you're having a great week. I'm having a wonderful week. And now I get to talk to these guys. Oh, boy. I'm having such a good week, Zach, that I want to go buy lottery tickets. Like, everything's going well this week. Well, now's the time to do it. I know. I... Told Becky, yes, I, I think after taxes and everything, I think we'd have about 120 million.
0: It's 100. I looked it up. 100? What's Sorry. That's, yeah, man. It's 100 million. That's, it's we're all. Gonna, we're going to struggle. Struggle to get by on that.
2: Yeah. Uh, especially after I pay someone to take care of the Gilbert issue. Oh, I said that into a microphone. Oh. Gilts, how you doing, man? I was great until you exposed me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I usually let you expose yourself. Yeah. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor that had some great social media, golf-related social media. They have a giveaway going right now for a Callaway Kettle One golf bag. Zach, it's classy. You should go get yourself one. But during the uh, the promotional video on social media, Mike hit a shot. Someone charged in to celebrate and got tackled. I thought it was brilliant. It was a good a good reenactment of the Canadian Open. That was funny. That was a that was a hit. I like how he apologized. He apologized for getting tackled. Very Canadian of him.
0: Hey, it I'm was, sorry. In fairness though, to the security guard, the dude was in jeans. Oh. You're you're technically not supposed to be wearing jeans if you're a golfer. Even right. if you're not playing anymore. You still are supposed to be
2: like even if you're into Walmart? dressed properly.
0: On on the golf on the oh, premises. Okay. On the premises. Like like go to bed in,
2: in golf attire. They want to, That's I a guess. great tackle. I don't know about two guys, but if I never need a security guy, ever need a security guy, I'm hiring that guy. He can just flat out stick you, put you down. Hopefully he's like a high school kid. Give him a scholarship. Stop into the fridge whenever you're in town. They've got a great selection, great service, and they can answer any of the questions you need. All of your party needs, from cups to the good stuff, right there at the fridge. Let's get going. I'm I'm under caffeinated today, guys. I'm just warn you, this might be a 20 minute podcast. I'm not properly caffeinated. I had a long day yesterday, and then uh, woke up way too early this morning. Um, just talk to me, Gills. Just give me something to say.
3: First question comes from Kat in Colorado. Even with Kaluma and Perry replacing only 75% of what Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel brought to the table last year, it's easy to see everyone else getting at least 10% better and at least one freshman or redshirt being an immediate uh, contributor. Given that, I'm predicting no drop-off in the league for basketball next year and at least one NCAA win. Am I right? Is that realistic?
2: Yeah, but I think they need more bodies. I don't know how they – I mean, granted, they redshirted three guys technically last year, so they were functioning on 10 scholarships, and this would be 11. They don't plan on redshirting anything coming freshmen. Technically
3: four with Dorian, who didn't
2: play for most of the year. Yep, you're right. Continue. Yeah. So maybe they can get by on this, but I still suspect they want another player. I think they want another guard at least. We'll we'll see. Um, They've gotten two top players out of – out of the portal. I mean, I saw a ranking from, I can't remember, Sporting News, Sports Illustrated, had both the K-State's transfers in the top 10 of the transfers for this whole season, this whole offseason. Surprised me a little bit, but I knew they were good, but...
3: Kaluma's there on every board you look at. Yeah,
2: yeah, Perry was too, yeah. I think.
0: Perry's a little lower, though depending where you look on this list. Not not on that list. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So getting Kaluma, I think is that Keontae Johnson esque guy from the portal where you finally get somebody from the portal and you're like, okay, everything's going to be for the most part. Okay. For the season. Well, I watched quite a
2: bit of film on him simply because I enjoyed watching him. He's fun. He's going to fit the system. I think he'll fit in here. He has a potential to average more here because he seems to play K-State style more than Creighton style. Mm-hmm. He loves that open court. He loves broken courts where he can just get out and run. He runs to the rim really well. He doesn't um, elevate over the rim nearly like Naquan. I mean, he's a couple inches shorter maybe, but there's a big difference in his, his bounce. But he really is creative getting to the rim. He's, he's going to be fun, and he shoots, it, he shoots it better from the outside than I expected. I mean, at 33%, you don't know what what you're quite going to see. Excuse me. I think he's got a nice shot. So I think he can actually really build on that. And if he does build on that, I think that might be the one thing that's holding
3: him back just from – I don't think he was really going to go to the NBA this offseason. But if he wants to next offseason or after his second year at K-State, if he can develop a perimeter shot, that will really help his chances because it's like Naquan Tomlin. Like you said, everything's just kind of there. It's a matter of that talent, that athleticism coming together. Fitz, you mentioned, though, they, they need two more guys. Yeah. I don't know if K-State needs guys. They need scholarship players that can give you your tight key greens, that can give you some minutes. But if K-State just goes out and gets – two guys like that I think they'll be okay I don't think they need a superstar on next year's squad they already got Kaluma, who was kind of that big guy like Zach said who's kind of the the Keontae Johnson edition of last year so would you like to get another star on your team like Perry sure but I think K-State can do what it did last year with the roster that it has at this moment right now
2: let me ask you a really important question do I have a shot at getting a scholarship
3: I'm a guy yeah (laughs) <laughs> About a month ago, yes, because nobody was committing, but <laughs> I think that's kind of been shot down. I'm kind
2: of kinda trimming down. I'm going to get into another couple of years. I'll be in good – well, I'll be in uh, – way
3: less. At this rate, you're going to be a buck fifty by tomorrow. Oh, man. Uh, and you say cancer is a bad thing,
2: huh? Yeah. I mean, I told my doctor that I met with yesterday, I said – Yeah, I understand I need to lose lose a little weight. And I said, I got a great diet program. He goes, what's that? And I go, it's called cancer. And he goes, actually, it's the cancer treatment. He goes, I said, you're exactly right. It's (laughs) not really the actual cancer. It's everything they do to you. But yeah, oh, well, so be it. At least I'm not a KU graduate. God, can you imagine having cancer and being a KU graduate? Wow. Wow. Okay, let's move on.
3: From Go State, Kate, has Kansas State gotten more benefit out of the extra COVID season than other big, other teams in the Big Twelve?
0: I, I well, I don't pay attention to the other teams. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know about the other teams, but it feels like K State has.
3: They did because Chris Kleinman decided to play his players, all right? So they made the best of that situation. So yes, I don't know about the rest of the Big Twelve, but absolutely they got a benefit from it.
2: What's made it very confusing is. <clears throat> Some schools like K-State didn't advance the year. or Hold on. They did advance the year. K-State did advance years. So if you were a sophomore during the COVID season of 2020, you became a junior the next season. Other schools didn't advance the year. You were a sophomore again, and it gets very confusing who actually is working on their fifth or sixth season. It's hard to tell. Seems like K-State's doing a good job using it. Uh, It's... Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, if you were a freshman that hardly played your freshman season, I mean, that's a redshirt. That's not a – but you can redshirt and get a full season. It just it, I think they went too far. They were too generous, but at least they're consistent. It's going to be another year or two before it cycles through.
3: It was nice looking at Kaluma playing two years at Creighton, and I was like, okay. He has two years on his belt, and he has two years left. I don't have to dig deep and right, find out. out. You know, was this an extra year or what? So,
2: because he was the first post-COVID class. Yes, That's correct. Yeah. Do you think he'll play two years? I think he's one and done and into the NBA. Good question. I don't. I didn't see. I didn't see an NBA explosion to him, like Naquan. You watch it. And you watch him and you go, that dude can do some things that even guys in the league couldn't stop.
3: And Naquan still came back. Right. right. So, I mean, for K-State's sake, hopefully it's two seasons here in Manhattan.
2: Yeah. We'll we'll find out. Nice pickup, though. Great pickup. You start beating out Kentucky for players. I'm not sure Kentucky's going to have a basketball team next year. they get like seven players or something. Something's going on. Yeah. Well, I think kids are catching on that— Well, now you can go anywhere and get paid, first of all. I think it's hurt some of these programs that have (laughs) probably been sliding some money under the table, and you can't convince me Kentucky hasn't. But also, I think there's kids are legitimately looking at the system and thinking, this isn't preparing me for the NBA. It's such a half-court slowdown crap that I want to go someplace that reflects maybe the league a little bit better. I think they're really suffering in their recruiting because of the antiquated offense. And then there was silence. It was such a profound thought that everyone quit the whole podcast.
3: Kentucky's just getting its butt kicked by K-State uh, the last, what, five, six years in basketball? I just love it.
2: <laughs> be, be, uh, be the lesser wildcat like you used to be, and then you
0: became good again and, and whatever. really going to say the last five or six years when there's a huge middle part of that sandwich the K-, K State was most certainly not.
3: Yeah, head to head,
0: <laughs> head to head. <laughs> trade, By and large, though, I sure, trade K me. State. I trade. I'd trade K State for Kentucky's success over that same time period. K State has ended two of Kentucky's seasons.
2: I feel well, badly about it. I'd like to apologize to everyone in Kentucky. Um, first, the whole Civil War thing happened, and you couldn't decide what side to be on. You seemed to be side with, sided with the losers, and now Kansas State. Wasn't even in the union at the time. was kicking your ass. I'm sorry. Sorry, Kentucky. At least you got bourbon. And drink
3: it off. Zach, it sounds like you're siding with the dude that called us gopowercat.com. Oh, no, I'm not siding
0: him. I'm just saying. I'm not siding with him. I am saying that there was a long stretch between the wins that was most certainly not better than Kentucky. Head-to-head, though. You could play... I want to see the 2018 through 2022 K-State Wildcats play Kentucky, and I'll hang up well, with Well, head head-to-head,
3: K-State would have probably won. I,
0: oh, I don't know. Oh. Oh!
3: <laughs> Love it. From Ohio Power Cat, that is a (laughs) K State
2: fan that lives in Ohio.
3: Apparently, that's my analysis. Go ahead. He wants to prove he's not a Kentucky fan. Yeah, Ohio Wildcat would be mm, contradicting. Pretty close to Kentucky. Yeah, he probably created his account between 2018
2: and 2023.
3: I love it. (laughs) Yep. Is basketball portal recruiting more exciting to cover than spring football practices?
2: Oh hell yeah! The spring football practices aren't. They're horrible to cover. Hey, Zach loves going there. I mean, they give us some content. You get a little content. glimpses, but mostly it's, man, look at that dude. He is really stretching. Look at that. Wow,
0: look at that. He's just really just stretching. I enjoy it because I get to take photos and I get to take video. I can't do that with the portal. But from a an excitement standpoint, yes, basketball portal recruiting is much more exciting for the Absolutely. family. Absolutely much more much more exciting um, i don't
2: we got the portal now but i don't know what we're going to do if everything settles in and we don't have realignment every summer i don't know what i'm going to talk about Whew. bless you thank you i i I'm, i enjoy the expansion realignment topic the most of anything but even i am growing tired of it at this point no you're not i'm i'm i I am indeed tired of it. I am struggling to put up with Pac-12 fans who don't realize how dire their situation is. Very dire, Zach.
0: We'll get into that. Oh, I didn't know. Maybe not, actually. Oh, crap.
3: The The toughest part about the portal, though, is how fast things change, right? Like on the football side, you know who's got an offer. You know where they stand with their top X schools. With basketball, you hear something and it could be dated 12 hours later, you know?
2: You know why? You know why? There is so much and I'm not saying anyone in particular is doing There's so much tampering going on in Basketball Portal because you can access the players through their AAU coaches. Sure. And those AAU coaches are very beholden to the basketball coaches because they want to have a good relationship. So you can orchestrate a portal move, without ever talking to the athlete through a third party in basketball. So easy it goes on in football, but I think in football it's a little bit more even dishonest.
0: I think they just reach out to the kids in some cases. That's tampering. But That's going, tampering. Through, going through an AAU coach, not tampering. It's just crazy. Shady might I, be shady. I think the not rules would say illegal.
2: any solicited contact on your behalf should be tampering. What, unless it's a parent, which I don't think you should be able to call them, I don't know, but I think that's what's going on in basketball. They have discussed this over and over with the AU coach, gotten advice, and they come out and say, Here's my 20 schools when only three of them are actually on it. And there might be someone that's actually on it, they didn't list for by request of the school. And there you go, it'll
3: come out an hour after they're officially yeah in the portal
2: I'm gonna transfer, and then an hour later to whatever it's just yeah that's you
0: you were clearly someone contacted you on their behalf well that's just on the kid then for being dumb for not announcing it for announcing it too quickly nah. you know, I feel like the school should be like, look, you're committed, but like wait a couple days, make it look legit I don't know, that's just me. I saw this on Twitter. I don't want to throw
3: CJ Nolan under the bus, but I, I know I follow people that, you know, are in the know with him, whatever. And he was an OU guy. He was going to come here, right? Because right. his dad played here Belt, and it didn't yeah. work out because Bruce Weber lost out on that recruitment. But what? he transferred to St. Louis and then a couple days ago he decommitted and then the next day he was at a transfer to North Texas. It's
0: like, oh, that just happened out of nowhere, right? Weird. Yeah. Wait, was he initially in the portal this year, though? Yeah, like he was like. It was in the portal, he went went to portal St. then St. Louis, then Portal again. Yeah. Yeah. That's not as bad, though, because he could have established been. those relationships with North Texas before he committed. You know I, what I mean? Look, but it took as, like a day.
2: As, as sure. someone who covered Travis Ford, he probably quickly realized yeah, point. this was a mistake. Yeah. This guy is a little Napoleon
0: weirdo. Could be it. But my opinion. That's more explainable. He could have very well talked to them and said, I'm going with St. Louis and Southern Texas. He saw what he saw and he's like, Never mind. Hey, you still got yeah. a spot? Could be. Yeah, we do. All right. Easy.
3: But technically, don't you have to be in the portal first to say, Do you have a spot?
0: Technically.
2: Right, that's a good, that was delicious
0: five-hour energy. So you're going to have caffeine for the second half?
3: <laughs>
2: second well, half's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Um, and well, overtime? Five hour energy is a kind of
2: a generic statement on their behalf. Um, I drank one at seven AM when I woke up when dude had a seizure and was back asleep by eight.
0: So I think you So it take depends take by more weight. five hour energies than there are in a day. Than there are hours. In
2: I a could. Day. I could do four, get up to twenty hour energy, but actually really only get two quality hours of energy. Hmm. It's addiction's a real thing,
0: Ryan. Sounds Gellar. like class action.
2: I I against two five, five hours. We're not, not giving me. They're shorting energy. you your hours. It's fake
0: news, false advertising. That is that class action settlement could get you probably like a hundred dollars worth of five hour energy. In oh, this, so in like, settlement because they're okay. not going to pay cash. They'll just be like get a twenty four pack. Um, I'm looking for the asterisk. This is
2: results might vary for fat asses.
0: <laughs> <That> <laughs> You're was, skinny now, though. I, You're skinny skinny asses. A long ways to
2: go, but at least I can see my feet.
3: Next question. Final question of the first half comes from Doug142. Focus, uh, excuse me, football recruiting is hitting on a
2: level. He looked at me and said (laughs)
3: focus. (laughs) Football recruiting is hitting on a level not seen since the mid to late 90s. But could it actually get even better in a league without brand names, but a clear and legit path to the playoffs starting in 2024?
2: Well, in particular, because I think K-State could become, uh, it depends on how you want to define brand name but one of the bigger brands in the Big 12. In case it turns around and wins the title again this year, I mean, that's context changing. That What you think about the program then changes. They didn't just win a title every 10 years, which is you know roughly what it's worked out to. You know, they went and did it back-to-back. Back. I mean, that would be enormous for the program right when the conference breaks and loses the two biggest brands. Maybe they're going to be at 12 for a season. BYU is going to be a, you know, I think they're going to escalate their recruiting now being in the Big 12, and they've got such a long reach with their their incredible fan base. So, yeah, I think I think you're right. They're ramping up recruiting, but when it goes to the next level, if you can win another title or even get to the Big 12 title game again and go to another high-quality bowl game, and then you get rid of Oklahoma and Texas. I think the perception of your program changes. You're all of a sudden one of the, the big guys in the conference. So, yeah, I think it's a real possibility that it could get better. Are they going to be out there getting five stars? Like I, Maybe if there's a local area one, they get a better chance than they have in the past. But that just isn't important to this staff. wasn't important to the Snyder staff. It's not really important to the Tang staff. Everyone says, every time a kid pops into the portal, they they say, that guy's a good fit for Kansas State. And I'm like, you don't know a thing about him other than his numbers. Because there's so much more here of recruiting out of the portal than just raw athleticism and stats. You got to fit in. And that's all, all the programs at K-State seem to be doing a great job finding people out of the portal that fit their locker room. And you can see the results Around the country where they don't and they have a
0: lot of problems but I also think that the blue chip ratio is absolutely a real metric that you have to look at I mean I think I think K-State they can get all the kids that fit in the locker room as much as they want but at a certain point you absolutely need to start winning the skill guys that might be a little risky putting into your locker room if you want to win championships national championships there's some truth you can you can be K-State can do exactly what they did last season you know, recruiting the guys they did, you know, maybe improve a little bit, a couple more four stars here and there. But I think that, it, you know, as we saw in the, in the postseason bowl game against Alabama, K-State just ran out of talent. They were out-talented, oh, from, you know, against Alabama. It, it wasn't even a question that there was a, a large disparity in the skill sets well, of, of each team.
2: See it with the draft.
0: Yeah, you see it with the draft. So until, you know, I think that you can you can recruit guys to a certain point the way you've been doing it, but at a certain point, yes, you've got to get a lot better guys, but also if if you have a clear path to a playoffs, to the playoffs, to a national championship and if you can find winners that, you know, want to be in this culture, I think maybe you can do that. But until then, you know, I think that you know, it still remains to be seen one more year until the mm-hmm. expanded playoff. Yeah.
2: then, yeah, the expanded playoff hits and all of a sudden you're showing up again, my philosophy of, Oh, so you made it to a new year six bowl. That's cool. But people forget who who was in that, but they're going to remember who were the 12 teams in the playoff. It just changes the context of what you're accomplishing in the course of a season. You now don't just get a really nice bowl game. You get a pathway to a national title right. at 12 teams. Even if it's not a realistic pathway. There's too many obstacles. You show up in that thing every three out of five years, everyone's going to think of your program differently. It's just how it's going to work. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about things. I'm, I'm, but I need a break. I'm going to take a break right now. Maybe take a little nap in here. It's, is it warm in there? It feels warm in the studio. Maybe I'm having a hot flash. It comes with everything else.
1: We'll be back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Welcome back to the Power cat podcast now let 's return to the GPC studios
2: Welcome back to the Power cat questions podcast sponsored by the fridge wholesale liquor. please stop into the fridge every time you're in town whenever you need anything of the party style party things party i don't know what I'm saying here anyhow they have it all right there at the fridge. Stop and make sure you tell them that you heard about them on the Go Powercat, Powercat podcast, because uh, then they know that we actually do have listeners. and We have a lot of listeners, but we just need need your help to help us, helping you, and then it helps everyone. Gills, uh, by the way, I'm Fitz, Zach, Gills, Gills, talk, ask questions. Yes, sir.
3: Help, Help me. First question of the second half is from Limestone Silo. Mm. What would be more beneficial to the overall long-term health of K-State? The Cats getting a back-to-back Big 12 championship but not going to the college football playoff or the Cats only going 8-4 and four this year but the Big 12 gets two teams into the college football playoff with neither being OU or Texas?
2: That's a great choice, but I cover Kansas State. Kansas State winning, getting to the playoffs again is of more concern to me. But I will say if somehow when this season rolls around and let's throw Texas Tech and UCF suddenly are into that, what would be the field of 12? Uh huh. That'd be enormous. Not just two teams that aren't Oklahoma and Texas, but one of the newcomers showing that these were tangible additions to a major conference. Because they are. The only one I'm shy on about football is Houston. But I know why they added Houston. They wanted to protect that market. Would I have preferred Boise to go with BYU? Absolutely, I would have. I'm not excited about Houston. Very excited about the other additions. Um, It's not like Houston has been a bad program. No. I know exactly why they did it. I mean, you look at the Pac-12 right now. The context of our entire conversation changes. If you took Boise and Houston's available, now you're worried about it because that's a major market. And the way the Big 12 falls now, you've got TCU in one market even though not a lot of TCU fans, but at least they're there present. Houston, you got Tech for the whole western part of the state, and you got Baylor there in the central part, not far from Austin. I mean, you really do cover the state pretty well with the four you have. Uh, again, I, I feel like this conference somewhere in the bylaws says it has to have four teams from Texas because we could be down to two at this point, which I don't know would be good, but if they had added... You know, Louisville and and Cincinnati back then and maybe someone else. And then you had a Boise now. You could easily be at two. But at least we get the cheap trips to Texas.
0: Sort of. Yeah, I'm totally taking back-to-back Big 12 championships. Yeah, I agree. Without the college World playoff. Because it doesn't really matter if, you know, you're going to get left behind if you're not one of the top two this year, I think. You need to be in the top two. doesn't matter if it's OU or Texas you know that you're playing in the championship game. But I think you need to be up there because going forward, if you win this year, you've won back-to-back. OU and Texas are now gone. You are literally at the head of the table for the foreseeable future. You can set yourselves up for this year, or not just this year, but years into the future. And you can be a part of the Big 12 eventually. You know, getting that automatic seat in, in the 12, 12 team expanded playoff. You know, you can become that household Big Twelve name, the team that is expected to be among the best at the end of the season. And I think that that step starts now. If you, if you know, if this if the if these are the choices you're taking, you know, I don't think that it matters if K State or if. If two teams get into the college football playoff, I mean, getting half of your teams in the college football playoff before it expands is crazy. You're not going to get two. The the Big 12's never had two. They barely get one most Mm -hmm. years. So would it be cool? Yes. But in the context of the college football playoff about to expand, I I don't think that getting two into the last one with four teams is that big of a deal. Yeah. Especially if you're not in it yourselves. True. Agreed. That next was it. Question. After all that, yeah. that brilliant answer by Zach, you just
3: go, yep. That's the fit special to say. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I do. I was thinking about being a, a little contrarian. Trary. Come on. Give us. No, you on, talked me out advocate. of it, though. You talked okay. me out of it. I mean, for next year, you're not going to get two in if it's not OU or Texas. You're just
0: not. Yeah. that's That's not happening. So. It would be the greatest conference championship game in history, probably, if... Somehow, some way, they got two into the College World Playoff, but it's like less than a one one thousandth of a percent of that happening. That's a tiny percentage. And I hope if it happens, you come back and clip this. Hmm. Like I'll remember.
3: I'm sure you will. <sighs> From Darren Sproles, super fan. After oh, listening from
2: Darren Sproles, you got yep.
3: yep. to listen to the full name. Man. After listening to life of fits, I think replacing Bill Snyder was perfectly executed by Gene Taylor. In hindsight, the team was really regressing the last few years. How did Gene take the heat and make the right decision?
2: It took guts. I mean, it was outside of his comfort level. Cause if you know, Gene, he's a really good dude. Um, But it was obvious to us that observers that were close that they were inching towards real problems. And it was kind of the last year where you could maybe make a change and use the foundation of the Snyder program. I mean, we were, I can't imagine, honestly, guys, I can't imagine where the program would be if the portal had existed where guys could openly just get up and leave. Um, and everything else going on, which just wouldn't have worked with his approach, getting portal uh, guys here, getting portal guys that would here, be tough the NIL, you know, not to mention going through a pandemic. It just worked. This has worked out beautifully for K State. The hiring of Chris Kleiman. and just as a reminder, they went through a full interview process. I know some of you think he just hired his buddy, and it worked out for you. That, they, that's not what happened. They actually interviewed a number of people. They did. You know, first-round interviews, there was a certain candidate that was supposedly coming that didn't even make it through his first interview. I mean, they just didn't click. And it came down to Neil Brown, who's a great dude and a very good football coach, and Chris Kleiman. And the reason they picked Chris Kleiman was the thought that he will potentially stay long-term, and that's what he's talking about doing now, and you know, Neil Brown was really a better fit for West Virginia, and that hasn't worked out. They've given him a lot of patience. It's kind of his last season probably. Yeah. But it's incredible to think that there was four new coaches in the Big Twelve of the year that Chris Kleiman was hired, and he's the only one left. With along with Neil Brown, who's not gonna be around next year. And Chris will be around a very long time. I I mean I don't see the program dropping off to the point where you gotta think about firing him. He's doing everything right. He's keeping his coaches together. He's building the locker room culture along with the quality of the roster. So,
3: yeah, it's been brilliant. I'm surprised Neil Brown is still in Morgantown right now.
2: Well, he got lucky with the change of yeah. ADs and a lot of stuff going on in Morgantown. Um, honestly, he gets that extra year because he's so well-liked. You know, you want to give the guy you like – a bigger chance if he'd been trouble and, and didn't, you know, they just didn't click. He was Ron Prince where obviously there was issues. You make a move no matter what your AD problems are, your change or whatever. But that wasn't true with him. I mean, that's kind of why Bruce Weber stuck around the people making the decisions really liked him. you know, that just buys you more time It buys you more time in life. Gills, that's a lesson for you, Ryan Gilbert, be good to people. Quit throwing empty
0: beer bottles at your customers. No. Damn it. No. Yeah, I think I don't I'll never think really, stop throwing those at you. Thank you. I don't think the legendary status of Bill Snyder really mattered at a certain point to Gene Taylor. I mean, you look at the stadium, the stadium's, I don't want to say half empty, but there were so many empty seats in that 2018 season. And then just the way it ended up in Ames, you had this huge lead. You could have made it to a bowl game could have given Bill Snyder one last win on his way out, because I still think that even if they win that game, I think you've got to make the decision. I think that it was over at a certain point where you're just like, we have to make a change. And I don't think there was necessarily any emotion into it with Gene. I think he looked at it, you know, how he does with a lot of other things. It's about the numbers and the numbers matter from a dollar standpoint. They matter from a win standpoint. And if you're making enough, if you're you're winning enough games, put enough wins in the win column, you're probably making enough money. And if you're not winning games, you know the fans become disengaged; they don't care. And at a certain point, I would say that letting Bill go at the time he did preserved much of his legacy. I don't think that we would be sitting here today with as high of a regard for Bill Snyder's we would if he had stayed for another season or even a second season beyond 2018. So I think that, and you got to give Gene credit for getting lucky a little bit on the timing of it and how the COVID season happened. You know, Chris climate only got one season in and boom, right at the end of that season is when everything kind of broke loose, which seems crazy that it's been three years since that. And climate had only been around for a year at that point, but you know, it's yeah, he got very fortunate with the timing of it, I think. And to back that up, Zach, Bruce Weber would be viewed better if he had left a year yeah. earlier than than he did. Yeah, absolutely. If if they make the decision to Yeah, I mean that's the other side of the coin there is Bruce really should have really Bruce should have been gone the first time when Gene Taylor first got hired, but obviously someone 10 days on the job, isn't going to fire a head coach in any sport, you know, without, you know, a really good reason. And he probably could have done it and gotten away with it. But Bruce did get back to the NCAA tournament, got him to the Elite Eight. He beat Kentucky. Beat Kentucky (laughs) to get to the Elite Eight. Um, You know, wins the Big 12 championship, you know, that bought him some time. And then COVID hit and probably bought him an extra year. So. But no, it was just house money it. and he should have yeah. folded. Yes. As Gills would like to say. Yes.
3: Fitz, I'm surprised you didn't bring up the analogy to your magazine, how you just need to
2: let go. It was time. Yeah, it's, it really is. Um, and I didn't let go when it needed to be. I let it go yep. too long. So Gene Taylor, smarter than Tim Fitzgerald, not shocking news. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it probably went
0: on three or four years longer than it needed to. So you're saying the cover of Powercat Illustrated with Bruce on the front is representative of both <laughs> people. Yes. <laughs> Good point. Frame it.
3: From Purple Hokie, almost all home football games see the stands full. How about an update on what the stadium master plan shows For more expansion, am I – and am I the only one who thinks the veneer complex was placed too close to the field, thus blocking expansion to the north?
2: Yeah, you're the only one who thinks that. They're not expanding that stadium. If they do anything, they'll somehow tie the south end to the east side, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, that was in the master plan for many years ago that that would turn the corner, the suites would turn the corner, and connect.
0: You want to hear my hot take? Do it. They built the Shamrock zone too far south. They should have regraded the seats in the south end zone like they did the north end zone and moved the building forward, make a bigger concourse in the south. Interesting. I would have reduced I, I would have reduced the seating capacity by multiple thousand.
2: Well, his point is interesting. The, the stands are usually mostly full. If there's open seats, are in the high deck areas, typical of any section. right? Yeah. But the best quote during the whole expansion pro- project that I've used in the KU, I mean people at KU are talking, we need sixty thousand seats. No, you don't. Never build empty seats. Only build the seats you know you can fill. And right now, they're at a really comfortable number. Right now, they don't feel like <clears throat> they need to go to 55000 They feel like 50000 creates just enough ticket demand to make sure people aren't, like, holding back. If you can get a ticket to any game, why would you buy season tickets when you can just go buy single-game tickets and miss the one that you got a wedding and not even pay for those? Ticket demand makes you get those tickets for every game. Yeah, so I think they're at a really comfortable number. I think their next focus is going to be on on Bramlage and what they can do to that. I think, but you can't stand still either. I mean, it's so unbelievable. As soon as you stop doing projects, you're you're behind. It's crazy.
3: Speaking of Bramlage, Bramlage just lost what a thousand, close to a thousand seats. So I, I understand like expansion is kind of the right term, but they're not going to expand seats. Those are going to go down.
0: There was a question. I thought I included it, and maybe I didn't because we got this question. But I think it was asking what was next on the stadium master plan or what's what's happening next. Oh, wait. No, it is. No, it is the stadium master plan. <laughs> it's right there in the question. I'm looking at it now. I, was, I, I thought of that question from a broader sense, athletic facilities. Like what's next? Not necessarily just football, but Bramlage is basically next. I think that there's a soccer indoor that they might build, might not build. Who knows? And then indoor track in the old indoor football facility. Probably probably indoor tracks probably first. Oh, yeah. They're going to get that. I mean, get that done. They're for, working on yeah, it. Yeah. Get that done for next season. Right. I mean, they're
2: out of a hern, so they need the yeah. indoor track. So yeah. I'm sure they'll have something for
0: the fall.
3: What about the Fitzgerald family hot dog eating arena? Is that coming
0: soon? Ooh, seems very specific why, for why, a hot dog eating arena why would, not on the 4th Why would we line. name it like the Fitz Wiener
2: House? <laughs> I mean, that seems <laughs> a little okay, more catchy. It. Like it's the bounce family. house, but the Wiener House. Sure.
0: Tim Fitzgerald's that, Wienerville. That's got to be it. <laughs> it's got to be a chain. You got to start it. <laughs> uh, what
3: is Annie Mays called? The w- Wiener... Uh, what?
0: What? No, Andy,
3: no, no. They have little hot dogs they sell there, you know? Oh, I've I, heard that. It's called Wiener we, something.
2: I don't know. I don't go out anymore.
3: You went out to Rocket today.
2: Well, I went for lunch. I drank water. It's so much more than a bar, Ryan Gilbert. Yeah. We had you probably get real there. I, well, I had outstanding service. It threw me for a loop after being at your place. <laughs> but be careful. They actually sponsor other podcasts. But, uh, yeah, it's – look, it's no longer measured by seats. It's measured by revenue producing. I mean, you don't build seats. You now build new revenue opportunities that remove fairly good donors that are sitting in regular seats and put them into suites, and then you sell those seats. Why did I think you were talking about rockabilly there? Oh, they could expand. Uh, They could definitely expand. Yeah. (laughs) Go through the wall whatever it's perfect it's great it would be less cool if they, they were did playing that. country western like old western today instead of reggae and stuff who's threw me off man i don't know what's going on everyone's willy-nilly
3: fitz you need to go in and change this person's name this one comes from jerome yang kevin sutton and that's Everybody. it's, it's <laughs> gone so you gotta change this one but For the first time in a long time, the Big 12 is seemingly in a position of strength when it comes to realignment. The conference is looking to add teams, but it seems like we are all assuming that nobody leaves either. Do you see any of the current 12 teams leaving the Big 12 in the next 10 years? If so, where are they going?
2: No. The Big 10 and the SEC are both at 16, which is an exceedingly wonderful number. Sixteen is a functional number, even though the SEC manages to screw it up. And I think, with that said, the only reason someone will move next will be either the breakup of the ACC, which it's really mixed—if that could happen or not—is a you know whole other question, or Notre Dame finally says we want to join the Big Ten. And then I think they go and get Stanford, which is an annual opponent. They're not going to add Kansas-Notre Dame. They're going to go try to add opponents that Notre Dame plays every year into the conference simultaneously. So, no, I don't see it. I don't see a time when the SEC is going to look and say, okay, now who do we want? They're going to look to the east. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, theoretically – if Arizona and Arizona State don't end up in the Big 12, one or the other, the SEC could maybe reach all the way across there. But that just seems they, – they are such a condensed conference. When they expand, it's a connecting expansion. There's not a gap state between them.
0: So you're saying that Kansas is now linked right. to the SEC. But they're not on two add, borders. They're,
2: they're not going to add anyone from Kansas State or Kansas. That's
0: imminent. That's the wrong conference. Yeah, you were close. I'm close. I mean, Kansas does touch Big Ten too. So, but I don't think that anybody leaves the Big Twelve to the any conference how it currently exists. And I don't mean that like oh, leaving for the SEC with you know all the ACC schools in it. Like I just, I think that if a big 12 school leaves, they're leaving to join big 10 and sec schools in a conference. I don't think that it'll be in the current structure that you see. Like uh, I could see, let's say the top six sec schools, maybe top eight, the top eight big 10 schools, maybe a couple of whatever the pack schools exist. And then maybe four big 12 schools combined to create this nationwide league. Maybe like that's like, that's like the only scenario I can think of is just somebody splits off into an absolute super league and you have to consider, you know, the other teams that are making the college football playoff. That's the only outside idea I have, because I don't think that the sec, if they even wanted to go to 24 or whatever, are going to look West. I don't see it. Like K-State and Oklahoma State, TCU, are those probably the three, from an athletic standpoint, the three best programs remaining that aren't in the Big Ten or the SEC? Yeah, probably. Overall programs? Well, excluding the back 12. Football and men's basketball. Yeah. But yeah, I you know I, I don't see a current place for any of those schools to move on okay. elsewhere.
2: What do you got? Do you think everyone's going to leave us? Just so everyone's going to leave? Oh, nobody wants to leave a
0: conference with us in it. True. Technically. But, but if the money was right, the everyone would leave if the money was right.
2: The Big 12 went through a tr- prolonged trauma. Two here, two there, oh, two more. And like surgeries, they were able to heal and re-strengthen after each one of those. Most perilous being when they... Got down to eight and added TCU in West Virginia. That that again was Texas blocking any more additions. Like USC blocked apparently the additions of Big Twelve teams a few years ago when they had an opportunity because they knew they were leaving. Yeah, I, I don't I just don't see it. I think this conference has healed nicely. They've got a a nice collection of twelve programs, might become sixteen that wanna be here. People ask, why don't you go after Oregon and Washington? If you got to go out and sell your, your conference to a school to be in it, they don't want to be in it. They're not committed to it. And I think that's a layer of this that is very important to the Big 12. Who's buying in? This isn't a parking lot where you can park overnight for five years and then move on to another conference. We want schools that are coming to be part of this conference for the long haul. And if Brett Yormark's basketball play works, he'll close the financial gap a little bit more than maybe people are expecting on on the big two, so to speak. I think it's going to be, a you know, outside of the national media that apparently is just enamored with the big two feeling, you know, like at AFC, NFC, I think most people will eventually begin to recognize the three highest conferences. The fact that Big Twelve is in it in that conversation is absolutely stunning. Where we were two years ago looking at stuff to now is absolutely unbelievable. Thank you, USC. Yeah, it is. Is that it? That was it. That is it. That's it for the Power Cat Questions Podcast. Make sure you stop into the fridge whenever you're into town. Just drop by Gills's place. Not not the bar at which he works, his place his actual place where he lives. He loves it when people just drop in unannounced. I'll throw an empty or a full beer bottle at you. What a waste of beer. What a. Jeez,
1: we're leaving. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com. The rest is football wherever you get your podcast. All the best from Big B's.